What is up, everyone, and welcome to the Splitting Uprights podcast. Uh, today, we're just going to go over all the free agent signings. Um, pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Uh, very interesting kind of period the last co- the last week since we last recorded. Me and Josie, we, you know, we had looked at potentially where some of these guys had, would, would land. Some of those guys did land in those spots we talked about, and a lot of guys landed where we had no idea where they were going to go. Um, some big surprising people, or not, I wouldn't call them big, but some surprising places that people fell. Uh, and like I said, we'll go over those uh, in just a second. Um, but you guys know how we start on this on this sh- on this uh, podcast. Uh, we start with best and worst. So Josie, I'm gonna go to you first. We're just talking about this, but give me your best and worst from this weekend, my friend. All right, so mine is a combination. We'll do best and worst is because it's it's a combination, uh, because one benefited the other, and then inversely, one made things a lot more difficult than it should be. So we're my wife and I are homeowners, and with home homeownership requires maintenance of the home. So we decided to do some yard work today on the front of the house to clean up the dirt, clean up some weeds and put some mulch on the front of the house. So the best is the house looks a lot better because of what we did. The worst is that we're sore because Mm -hmm. of all that hard labor that we had to do for the past like two and a half hours. So I appreciate the hard labor that goes with people doing landscaping because we did it for the past three hours. And and after that, we're in bed for almost two hours just resting because our body's just so exhausted. So best and worst is a combination of those two because our house looks a lot better. The mulch makes the pop compliments the house really good, but man, that was some hard work to get everything cleaned up and to look nice and pretty. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what we call adulting as a, at its best right there. you buy a house, you got to do all the things that come with it, which sucks, but Hey, you might not need a membership, you know, gym membership. You get the, you get the workout right there. Right. Well, that's like a one-time thing. You, you still need to, you still need the gym membership to, to go and do things. We just got to keep doing yard work. Got to keep finding things to do in the yard. I, have you got to the, well, I guess you're not a, you're not a dad yet. You guys don't have a kid. Say, have you got to the point where you like, you know, you sit outside and you admire your yard? Oh, uh, uh, that was last year. So that, I think when we first bought the house last year, the, the grass was really yellow and, and not kind of dead. And I, I took it to my responsibility to make it green. And there was one point where I realized it was really, really green. And I took a, I took a before and after picture and showed it to all my friends. And they're like, dude, you're, you're, you're such a, like a, and a, a dad right now, but like, hey, you got to appreciate the hard work that goes into uh, fertilizing the yard, mm-hmm. watering the yard every single day, and like cutting it as well too. Yeah, we. Uh, I was. I just had a camp this last week with uh for for basketball at my old high school. Uh, we did like a spring break camp, and uh, one of the other coaches he was telling me uh, he had just he had just bought a house like I think a couple months ago, uh, and he was telling me he was like, yeah, you know, it's crazy. You know, a year ago you know, obviously not talking about COVID, but just a year ago in general, uh, he was like, I was buying, you know, I'd go out and buy, you know, nice things like once, twice a month, you know, for myself and my, and my wife. And he's like, now, now that we bought a house, we're buying like equipment stuff that I've never even heard of, but like you're like, apparently you need for your house and stuff like that. And he's like, so life changes once you, once you buy that house. <laughs> yeah. I, I've never went to Ikea before <laughs> I bought a house, but once I bought the house, I think we went like six times already yeah i just to buy like random furniture like last week we went to ikea because i needed uh our drawer for my office and then we ended up cleaning like our storage closet we bought stuff for the storage closet so it's those little things that you never expect like i never expect to drop a lot of money on furniture but you need to have a refrigerator because it doesn't come with the house so hey it's one of those things that come with being a homeowner is those extra expenses but at least like you're putting money towards something that eventually you will own forever exactly yeah and, you know, as a, as a kid growing up, you have no idea what, 
you just think a refrigerator just shows up, but you never realize that your parents had to buy it or anything like yeah. that. And so, maintain it. That's that's the big thing too, having to maintain this, these uh these uh, electronics and these appliances because it's a a pretty big expense up front, mm-hmm. but having to maintain it and if one of those things go down, like if your AC goes down, man, you're screwed because especially here in Texas, you need an AC in order to survive the summer. Exactly. So. Yeah, that, I mean, hey, adulting 101. If you guys want adulting more adulting tips, let us know. Josie will Josie will be happy to give you advice. I'll give you the top 10 list of things to do, do and not to do. <laughs> there you go. Um, my best and worst, it's going to be very simple. Uh, again, I know it's not the basketball podcast, but I spent all week last week doing a basketball camp. You know, it was spring break for the school I'm student teaching at. Um, and so I was like looking forward to having the break, you know, off. And then boom. Uh, I got asked to do a camp, so I'm doing the camp. I mean, I'm not having, you know, it's it's a fi- it's fine. It's a basketball camp. Uh, get that gets over, you know, paid got paid for it. Awesome, you know, nice little paycheck here. Um, but then Thursday comes around and March Madness officially starts. And my oh my, I have not moved. I've not done anything. I've literally laid on in my little like room here and watched on my TV, my iPad, my computer, my phone, almost. I would say I've at least watched every single game that has played in March Madness so far. So Sorry, that, I, I saw I, your setup. Your setup is impressive. Like it's, it's it could be better. Impressive. I won't, I won't lie. It could be better, but um, for what I have, it, it does, it does the job. Um, but yeah, I've, I don't have a worse because my best, it, you know, I guess my worst is my brackets, not perfect, but I would much Who's rather. Is? Nobody has a perfect bracket. Nobody will ever have a perfect bracket. I would much rather see upsets happen than a perfect bracket, in my opinion. Like Ohio State losing? Uh, so apparently this was the first time in three years ever that uh, four or more 13 or higher seeds moved on to the round of 32. So awesome year for upsets. You know, I, I knew this was going to be an unexpected year, but I thought that the, the teams that were expected to win were going to win. Um, but uh, that has not been the case so far. So – I'm very happy with how March Madness has been. Unfortunately, tomorrow they play the second round of, of 32, and I will be in school. Uh, I'm not looking forward to that, uh, but I do get to watch at least the first game during my lunch period, and then you know the second game, uh, I believe I have ping pong. So I will probably be watching and not playing ping pong or teaching ping pong. So well, hey, how do you teach ping pong? You don't. I mean, you don't teach it. You just play it, but... Okay. Is there like like because I took I took a bowling class in, in in college. I generally loved it. Like it was probably one of my the best classes I took out of my four out, from my four years at A and M. And like we had a professor that literally taught you the fundament the fundamentals of how to bowl. And we literally had to get a book and read the fundamentals of bowling and how to throw like a ball the correct way to get a strike. It was insane. So I thought you were gonna do something similar with ping pong. Like have a professor, you'd be the professor showing them how to handle the the paddle and, and how to hit the the boss or any way in order to curve or get that sort of stuff no I'm, I'm not afraid to say that i've definitely gotten beat by those kids more, more than i can count um because we, we have two classes and so i'm i'm definitely get beat a lot of times uh, i'm not that good at ping pong i've gotten ping better. hard i've gotten better because of the two weeks i've been at school so far um that's i play every single day so i've played 10 at least 10 days so far straight you know obviously not including the weekends uh, and I've taken this week off, but I, I've gotten better, gotten better. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard. Cause I have a, two of my buddies who went to UNT that you met up Ben and Hector. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. their freshman year at UNC, like they're all they did is play ping pong at um like the first entrance of their dorm. Yeah. And man, like they were freaking insane. Like they were doing tricks left and right and, and, and hitting the ball in ways that I never thought was possible. So yeah, it's, they, they I, this, I give like, mad respects. They do this like spin thing that I I can't I don't even know. Like I can hit it and then like the ball just doesn't do what I want it to do. So I'm just like, you know, it's whatever. Um but yeah, so that that's that's my best really. It's not really a worst. My best is it's been March Madness. It's we missed it a year ago because of COVID. We get it now. Um and, and I'm just ecstatic to to be able to watching it. To be able to and watch Drew, it. And, and, and Drew's just just even more happy about March Madness being in Indiana. It's just like the cre- the cherry on top. I mean, it doesn't really matter. No one cares about where they're playing, but yes, it, it just solidifies. It gives Indiana a reason to be continue to be a state. At this point, we have nothing else. We might as well just claim to basketball. So hey, you, that's a big thing to claim to. I guess so. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into these free agency list. Uh, you guys are here for some football, of course. So we're going to give you some football. Uh, and 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 it sucks because free agency is such a big thing now in the NFL. Um, cause it's kind of, it's kind of become more like, I want to say more like the NBA where players do move more than they used to. Uh, and it, it is a big deal, but, um, it sucks because it's happening during March Madness. And I mean, people care about the NFL, but not as much just because of March Madness going on, especially it's the first week. Um, but we had some, some big name guys move here and there. Me and Josie are looking at, um, the 2021 NFL free agency tracker on NFL.com. Uh, if you watch this on Tuesday, it's obviously going to look different. We're recording this on a Sunday, um, but we're basically going to go down each division and each team and kind of give you guys an overview of each team. And, and that's today's episode. Um, so we're going to start in the AFC, of course, and we're going to start in the AFC East. Uh, the first team, Buffalo Bills, um, not a huge offseason for them. They did solidify some teams. Uh, Levi Wallace comes back. Matt um, Malilno, I don't know, the linebacker number 58. He comes back, uh, Daryl Williams. Um, he did not come back, but they signed Daryl Williams. They signed Jacob Hollister. And kind of the two names I want to talk about on this Buffalo team, Mitchell Trubisky signs with the Buffalo Bills. What do you, what, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 what's, I don't understand that at all. Like, everybody knows Josh Allen is the quarterback at Buffalo, and probably he's on the rise to probably be a top five quarterback in the league, or if he isn't right now, he, well, fantasy-wise, he's definitely a top mm-hmm. five quarterback in the league. I don't know why Mitchell went to Buffalo. Like I thought he had the starting position sort of locked up in Chicago. Um, but we'll talk about Chicago later on and, and who they picked up. I, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like why like why would you go to, to Buffalo to be a backup unless you sort of are, are giving up on your career to an extent to be a, a forever backup in the NFL? Like, hey, by all means you could do that. People have made really good money being a backup in the NFL and you can make multi-million dollars doing that. But when, if you're a second overall draft pick in, 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 in the same draft where Patrick Mahomes is picked up, uh, Deshaun Watson is picked up, these guys are arguably like the top five quarterbacks in the league, and you're going to be a backup quarterback, not even with your second con- your second uh, contract in, in the NFL. Like, doesn't make sense to me. Maybe he's going to Buffalo just to learn from Josh Allen, maybe to solidify his skills. But mm-hmm. it just doesn't make sense to me. Why would you? Why? Why? why make that why sign with buffalo like why not go somewhere else where you can have a, a, an ability to fight for a starting position and not just sort of go in there and be the automatic number two yeah i i mean he must have been told by chicago that they're not going to keep him anymore 
that's why he signed to Buffalo. And I mean, obviously puts in the best situation to potentially win a Super Bowl for whatever reason. Um, but I don't ever see him playing unless Josh Allen gets hurt. I mean, Trubisky's not a bad number two to have. It's probably better than Matt Barkley's, who they had before. Um, so Jake Fromm. Or Jake Fromm, yeah, that him too. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought it was funny to see him not see the Bears. Like he, I didn't even know he was going to be a free agent this year, but I guess they didn't pick up his fifth year option and he moves on. And we'll talk about, you said number second overall pick in the 2017 draft. We'll talk about number three because he also moved on. Um, but the big signing for Buffalo, Emmanuel Sanders, um, they do lose John Brown. I don't know if and, and he, he signed with another team. We'll talk about him. But the Bills do lose John Brown, which is kind of big because he is a deep threat guy. Now, they did have Gabriel Davis, I believe, step up this year for him. But now they signed Sanders. He didn't have a great year with uh, the Saints, but still a veteran guy that just, you know, allows the Bills to kind of have more options for Josh Allen. I don't think it's a bad signing. Same as Jacob Hollister. Just give Josh Allen more more weapons on offense. So yeah, It'll be interesting to see like how Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley sort of line up each other within a mm-hmm. slot position because like they're, they both – are similar players in, in, in that aspect where they just throw you throw them a slant and they and they can get you five seven yards and they'll catch anything you throw in, in their in their vicinity. So it'll be interesting to see how that works up because everybody knows Stephon Diggs is is the number one guy at Buffalo, and mm-hmm. they, they they just need some more weapons some more weapons to like give him more abilities to have one on one matchups so like he can win those matchups and have those games he had last year like with like he did in his first year in Buffalo. Exactly. Now, moving on to Miami, um, two offensive signs real quick that I want to talk about. Um, and Jacoby Brisket, he signed a one-year $5 million, uh, $5 million per year contract with the uh, Dolphins. Sad to see him go from uh, the Colts, but the Colts don't have any really any purpose or any need for him, I guess, anymore, especially to pay him that kind of money. But he does go, and he he's now the backup for Tua, which I think is huge. I think he'll do Tua wonders there as well, and if Tua doesn't work out, you know, you actually you have a decent number two behind him. Uh, and then the big one, Will Fuller signs a one-year uh, $10 million deal, uh, which is kind of interesting. Uh, I thought he'd get paid a little bit more this offseason, especially the year he had. Now, obviously, the PEDs kind of affected that. But um, he only guaranteed. That's the big thing. Yeah, it's, it's one year. So he, he's gonna, he'll be a free agent next year, which will be huge. Uh, maybe he signs a, a bigger deal to a better team next year. Are, are, are you talking about Isaiah Williams, Williamson? How he was released after he got drafted by the if they got picked up by the the, the Dolphins? Yeah. Um, no, I was not going to talk about him, but yes, he was he was acquired in a trade from Tennessee and then was released shortly after the trade. So that's crazy. Um, but yeah. the the big the big thing I was going to talk about was uh, there was there was it came in the news that Houston and Miami made a deal, and when everyone saw this, everyone thought, "Oh my gosh, it's happening!" Tua for Watson. Instead, it's it's Brendrick McKinney, uh, an inside linebacker or an outside linebacker for the Texans. He got traded um, to the Dolphins. So everyone's very disappointed. And it seems like Houston and um, the Texans or Houston and the Texans, Houston and Miami love to make trades with each other. I guess they must love each other's front offices, uh, but they usually end up not being the best deals in the world. So it is That's what true. it is. Um, and then going to the big one, the New England Patriots had themselves quite the offseason, normally very quiet in the offseason, or if they do make signings, they're signings that you're like, well, who, like, who is this person? Or I thought their career was over. No, the, the Patriots decided to go full on this offseason. First off, bringing back Cam Newton, kind of talked about that last week. Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, 
uh, Hunter Henry, Giannu Smith, geez, Trent Brown. They bring back David Andrews. That's just the offense side of the ball. Let's talk real fast about that. What What are your initial thoughts? Uh, the The double pickup and tight ends is just sort of is sort of reminiscent back to when okay, I know Aaron Hernandez and what he did is not good, but mm-hmm. when Aaron Hernandez and, and Rob Kronkowski were both the tight ends at, at New England and having Tom Brady as that quarterback. They were again dominant during that time frame, so it, it's sort of reminiscent of that, and I think it sort of told the NFL that Patriots aren't are, are not to mess around this year, like they're being serious. That they went out and spent a good chunk of change in offseason and free agency, which is again very uncharacteristic of them to do. They're more just like build up to the draft, get the veterans like get the veterans on on a minimum contract, get those people who who don't want to be on on, on teams because of their outside factors. Uh, so it's it's interesting to see all the signings they picked up, and, and they're really good signings. Hunter Henry and, and Gianno Smith are really good two tight ends. I'm still kind of sad that Gianno Smith didn't come to the Cowboys because he'll be a better pickup there. Uh, Nelson Aguilar was kind of a little shocker to me because he is a little bit of a of a walkout of a, of a receiver. He can have really good games, but he can also have really bad games. Like in, in Philadelphia, he wasn't that good. And then, but with the, this last year with the Raiders, he did have a good year. He's a good deep threat. So it would be interesting to see how they actually play out this year. Uh, if if all their signings sort of pan out to what the, what they expect them to be, the Patriots should be at least a playoff team and maybe mm-hmm. make it to the divisional uh, game at least. And if they get lucky, maybe the championship as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think an, under, an undervalued one is Trent Brown. I know he didn't have the best years when he was with the Raiders. But, you know, bringing him back to where he was good with the Patriots, I think is huge. And I only traded away a fifth round pick. I mean, I think you just you're giving, although the receiving core is still not the best, um, you know, Kendrick Bourne and, and Nelson Aguilar aren't the top tier guys in this in this receiver class for free agency. They just give you more value. Um, I, I mean, it sucks because Aguilar's really his his value is deep threat and Cam really can't throw the ball deep threat. It just makes me think, OK, I think they're going to go draft a quarterback this year. Um, because no offense to Cam, as great as he is, uh, he's just not a great quarterback. So uh, it, it'll be tough. It'll definitely be. It definitely helps though signing Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. Um, I think those guys are great additions to the offense, and I think they're just giving. This was the whole thing. Superman's got his weapons. I don't know how great those weapons are, but um, it, it at least gives. It's better than what they had last year with Cam. So I'm happy for Cam at least maybe he can do a little bit better. Um, defensively, they made some big signings too. They brought back Dietrich Wise Jr. Shout out to Solomon Wise, his younger brother, who we had on the podcast earlier this year. Uh, Henry Anderson, uh, Matt Judon, Ray, Raycon McLennan, uh, who's a linebacker for Ohio State. Don't know how to say his name. Kyle Van Noy comes back, which is huge. He got released from the Dolphins at the beginning of the offseason. Jalen Mills from um, the, ooh, the Eagles. Yeah. From DeSoto, hey, shout oh, out. Oh, yeah, he is from DeSoto. I forgot about that. And uh, um, Justin Bethel also comes and Cody Davis. So they made a lot of moves on defense, too. Um, I, I think the huge one, too, is Matthew Judon. Just gives him an edge rusher, which I think they missed greatly last year. And Kyle Van Noy was awesome in this Patriots defense. He comes back. I mean, I if I'm I'm upset if I'm a Buffalo Bills fan right now. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it, 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 I think it – it brings that level of competition in the AFCs back to where it should be. Like last year, Buffalo sort of ran with the 
AFC East and Miami was again probably the number two because the Patriots didn't have that good of a year last year. So it just sort of solidifies the Patriots are not here to mess around. And, and I think Bill Belichick was sort of really upset of the year he had last year. So they're like, we can't rely, we can't build up to the draft and wait three or four years for these guys for these guys to be competitive. Let's go out and spend all this all, all this rooms, all this money and, and and maximize our salary cap to become a playoff contending team. And and they basically proved that with these sightings that they did this this past week and a half. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, I, I still think Buffalo has the edge on the Patriots because of their quarterback play and offense. But uh it'll be interesting to see the Patriots get all get back all their guys that they that opted out a season ago with the new additions they have and what they do in the draft. I would be I would be a little bit worried if I was Buffalo Bills fans retaining the AFC East championship just just alone, not even a playoff yep. berth. I think both these teams are playoff teams, but the AFC East is definitely up for grabs. And that's gonna and now we're gonna end it with the New York Jets. Unfortunately, not a whole lot of news. They signed Corey Davis. Um, sorry for his career because it's going down the shitter now. Uh, Three year deal there. Tyler Croft also signs there. Um, Carl Lawson. Um, Marcus May, or he got a franchise tag. Lamarcus Joyner signs there. Uh, hey, Corey Davis. Corey Davis got paid, man. That's all that matters. He got paid. Yes, I mean some guys. Some guys that that's all. That's all it could be. You know, it's some of these guys. They just got to get paid. It's just what it is. And I mean, shout out to him. He got a great contract. He had a great year at the Titans. I mean, he probably he's probably going to be a very good fantasy receiver because. You know who else is there that that is going to garner targets? I mean, you you still have Jamison Crowder, um, as well as Denzel Mims and Bashard Perriman. But I mean, those games aren't great. Corey Davis is as at least better than those guys, so he will get, garner some targets. So he'll be a you know guy in fantasy you can maybe lean on. They also signed Keenan Cole from the Jags as well. But that yeah. that's the AFC. So I'm not going to spend too much time on the Jets. There, who gives a fuck? They didn't sign anyone. <laughs> Short, simple, and easy. Exactly. Now let's go to the AFC North. Um, starting off with the Baltimore Ravens, not a huge, not a whole lot of noise from Baltimore during this time. They re-signed Tyrus Bowser, um, as well as um, Fernal McPhee, uh, Justin Ellis, and Derek Wolf, all on the defensive line. Really, really showing you that they're gonna, you know, want to. They want to keep together that defensive front. They were pretty good this year, but their huge signing is Kevin Zeitler, an offensive guard for three years. That is huge for the run game. I know they did lose Mark Ingram, but I mean, Baltimore is known for running the ball, and they just signed one of the best guards in the league. I'm, I'm Why? Here. But I'd rather lose Mark Ingram and keep J.K. Dobbins. Like J.K. is a is a beast. Like Mark Ingram was like the tail end of his career. He had that really good year with A.K. and in mm-hmm. New Orleans, but I think J.K. Dobbins is the future of, of the Ravens' run game, and they realize that. And him and uh, uh, Lamb Jack will be a good comp. Will be interesting to see how they sort of play out this next year. And again, with that signing on the offensive line, he sort of solidifies their commitment to the run game. And will be interesting to see how how many running, how many, how much, how many rushing yards Lamb Jack can give us next year. Yeah, exactly. And and I mean, it just again shows that the Ravens they might not make the biggest moves, but they're making the right moves to, be, to continue to be a winning football team. Um, and I, I I think right now that the they're either the best or tied for the best with the Browns, um, in my opinion, in the, in the AFC North. And what they and adding Zeitler, it, it's kind of tough not to put them at the favorite just because they did miss Marshall Yonda this year because he did retire. Now they add in a guard who is who's a little bit worse than Marshall was his last couple of years. I, I, I'm worried if I'm if I'm an AFC North 
Um, now that takes us to Cincinnati. Um, again, not a, a team that did a lot, but they did sign some good names. Trey Hendrickson, uh, he was a defensive end for uh, the Saints. He signed a four-year deal with them. They did lose Shaq Lawson, but they replaced him with Trey. Not bad. Larry Ogunjuki. Uh, I think that's how you say his last name. <laughs> you can say that again. <laughs> no, I'm okay. Hard pass, hard pass. I'm not trying to get ripped up. He signed a one-year deal with them on the defensive line. They didn't do much on offense. They did bring back Brandon Allen. Shout out to the Arkansas guys. I know Sandy and Stone would love that. Um, signed a bunch of cornerbacks, which they needed because they were getting torched all year long on the defense. Mike Hilton. Um, I don't know this guy's name, but I know he played for the Cowboys. Um, Chewy. Uh, Chewy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever, I, whatever his name is. Hey, yeah, so, he was hey. a, yeah, I think he was like a second-round draft pick for a while. Or he was a starting DB. Him and uh, mm-hmm. what's his face? I went to the Dolphins were like our two corners. Iron two Jones. Corners. Yeah. Yep. He was he was solid. I, I I guess his career has hasn't been good ever since he left the Cowboys. Well, I mean, he but he just signed a three year, twenty one million dollar deal. I mean, it, it shows you the inflation of free agency in today's NFL. Especially the inflation of the of the just the, the market mm-hmm. of the NFL in general. Like Dak Prescott got paid four years, one sixty. Like this is insane. Yeah. So I mean, they signed up and then they 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 stole Mike Hinton from the Steelers, brought him over to the Bengals. He signed a four-year, $24 million deal. I mean, again, people just paying people. You know, it is what it is. But um, they also signed a tackle for Joe Burrow. Hopefully he stays healthy this full season because the Bengals are better with him. And if if you didn't hear already, A.J. Green is no longer a Cincinnati Bengal. Uh, shout out to his career. But fantasy-wise, if you need a receiver, Tyler Boyd is going to be a high-priced guy this year, especially if Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow is healthy for the full year. Him and T. Higgins are going to get a lot of targets on that offense because they got nothing besides them two and Joe Mixon. So, uh, Moving on to Cleveland. Uh, again, a team that, had, that didn't do a ton this offseason, but they really solidified the defense. They signed two receivers. One of them, Rashad Higgins, they brought him back. Jojo Natson, never heard of that guy before my entire life of living. Um, but defensively, Tarek McKinley, the, the, okay, I don't, Tariq McKinley, I don't know. I just know he's the guy from the draft who went crazy when he got drafted. And he was like, and he got drafted by the Falcons. Huh. It is what it is. I don't know how to say his name. I'm sorry, guys. Um, Malik Jeff- Jackson, defensive tackle, Malcolm Smith, Anthony Walker from the, from the Colts, rest in peace. Troy Lee Parkey, hey, yeah, they, was, they brought back the doinks, the doinks. Hey, the the K, 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 specialists are people too, man. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're, we're we love specialists <laughs> on this podcast, and then they signed John Johnson. Okay, so looking at this Browns free agency period so far, what is what what do you think they're gonna do in the draft in this upcoming? Since they've gone so defensive heavy, uh, I just I just don't know because like they they're pretty well spread out this pretty well spread across both ends of the of the of the ball mm-hmm. um maybe another corner because i think their their offensive their offense overall is like it, it's good they have oj you know, obj well that's if he decides to stay and just mm-hmm. and see how he plays with that coming back from torn acl um so i don't know it'd be interesting I, if i was them i'd probably go maybe a db mm-hmm. maybe another tackle because you can never go wrong with another tackle you, you don't need running backs because your running backs are good. Maybe and tight ends are, are sort of good for them too. So maybe middle linebacker, uh, maybe a tackle or maybe an edge. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, um, it, it's it's very interesting. The, the Browns, to me, 
are with their free agency signings are proving that that they are going to be a, a contender next year. And I, I say that as all sincere as possible because the the things that they're signing here, um, and then kind of just knowing their roster, um, you know, hopefully they they do trade OBJ because I think he makes that team worse actually. Um, and, yeah, I agree. And, uh, the, they, the the stats prove it. Like the stats have shown that. Baker is better with that OBJ than with OBJ. If OBJ is gone, maybe they should try draft another receiver. Mm-hmm. And that's if they decide to move him. I think that'd be a good way to go about it. But if you keep him, I think you should sort of maybe solidify the offensive line or maybe solidify that the, the defensive line because as we all know, everything's is one in the trenches. So you gotta solidify those, you gotta beef up those those, those lines. Well, well, the part the I think the or no, no, that he was on the team. I was gonna say Kevin Zeitler did come from the Browns, but that's actually a lie. He got traded to the Giants. He was on the Giants for the last couple of years. Um, I was gonna say they needed a guard, but they don't because I forgot they that they were traded to the Giants for the. I think it was for the OB, OBJ trade. I could be no, it was for Oliver uh, Vernon. That's who it was for. But um, to me, I don't know what they're gonna do in the draft. But these signings make them seem like they're going to for sure be a contender, and I don't say that as a joke, like at all. They they might yeah. be the best team in the AFC North. I don't know. I think I, I still think Buffalo's better. I mean not Buffalo, uh, Baltimore. Baltimore. Yeah. yeah. Is Baltimore just their their defense is so good. Like every, mm-hmm. year over year, the defense is again top five defense in the league. And then Lamb Jack had a really off year last year. Just everybody expected him to be super superman again. Yeah. Based but, on his, mean, his MVP but, year, but we'll see. If you if if you're if you're the Browns, as long as you can not have Baker try to lose you games, basically you, you the Browns need to be both the Browns and the Ravens need to be ahead to win games. Like they can't get behind; they're not teams that can play from behind. But I mean, the Browns might have a better defense than the Ravens, like at least on paper, like with, with yep. names. You got guys like Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward. I mean, it kind of stops there. But those two guys are, in my opinion, are better than anyone on the Ravens defense. Now, the Ravens have better overall players, like, you know, on the full list. But those two guys are so good, especially Garrett, because I don't really think that the Ravens have a guy that can really pass the or rush the pass, pass the rusher, uh, rush the passer. Um, yeah. And, like and people Garrett forget can. that uh, that Cleveland almost beat KC. Like, if it wasn't for that gutsy call on fourth down mm-hmm. with that, that rollout to Tyreek. Casey, I mean, uh, Cleveland would have got the ball back with a, maybe a little bit over under a minute left to play, and and they were looking dangerous. So mm-hmm. they're they're up and coming, and and they're finally got their shit together in Cleveland to not be the zero sixteen team that we, we we knew growing up. Exactly. They finally got everything real, like sort of figured out, and I think they made some good signings in this offseason and, and just to sort of solidify themselves to be probably the best team in the AFC North, but. Mm-hmm. You just don't know because Pittsburgh is always a toss-up and also is Baltimore. So we'll see what happens with that with that division. Yep. Well, now we're going to talk about Pittsburgh. They didn't really do much this offseason. They did re-sign Cameron Sutton. Um, and then the, the big one was signing Juju Smith, the Corvette Corvette. We talked Corvette, about this Corvette. last week. I mean, we, we both thought the best place for him was to be in Pittsburgh. Um, but we did not think he was going to – I did not think he was going to get this kind of deal. I mean, this is dirt cheap. This is not – a even a wide receiver two deal this is like a wide receiver three four deal he signed a one-year eight million dollar deal now he does have some incentives to um to earn more money um but i mean i i i I still doesn't make sense to me because he got supposedly he was offered more money to go with philly Mm -hmm. and 
Uh, I don't know. Philly may have been a good option for him. Um, mm-hmm. They don't have a good solid wide receiver one. Yeah. But I I understand if you're like a Dirk Nowitzki or again like a Kobe, and you're like probably the last two years of your career, you just want to stay for that one team for your entire career and you sort of take a veteran's minimum this is sort of like a veteran's minimum deal for juju like Mm -hmm. i guess he loves pittsburgh so much that he was willing to take that big of a pay cut because we we saw what Corey davis got paid and i personally in my opinion Corey davis is not as good as a wide receiver as juju um so it sort of puts the juju took a big pay cut i I, we just don't know why like the, the the big is like why i guess Maybe one reason is because he could still do his TikToks and not get a, a, a sort of fine for that at Pittsburgh. So maybe that's one reason he, he decided to stay there. Uh, it, it's definitely interesting. Um, uh, we'll see. I, again, I don't. They did not get better this offseason. In my opinion, they definitely got worse. Um, and just because they haven't done anything, again, we'll see what they do in the draft. But per free agency, the Steelers basically stayed the same team. Um, they didn't really get better. They didn't really get worse, I guess you could say. Um, and if that's the case, they do not play they they do not play the same schedule they played last year. And the reason why they were whatever record they were is because of that schedule. And I, I'm telling you right now that if you go looking back, that schedule was easy as shit. Okay. I'm not just saying it because I don't like the Steelers, but the Steelers are not going to be that good this year. They will not be a playoff team. Mark my words right now. Promise you that. Especially if they especially if they rely on Big Ben's arm. That's true. Uh, and, then, and then also James Conner in the background and in, in, yeah. in, in the backfield getting injured left and right. Uh, it's going to be hard. So we'll, we'll see. Um, but that's just what I'm saying right now at this moment. I'll, I'll re I'll re go back into that, I guess, after the draft, um, but let's move to the AFC South. And I don't really want to talk much about Houston um, for the simple, f- like who they have signed just because of what's going on with Sean Watson. Um, apparently now he, if you haven't heard the news, he's been accused of sexual assault Um Apparently at a massage therapist place, a massage whatever place, whatever, you know, happy endings, whatever. Um, but now it's up to 10 women are actually coming up and saying that he has done something. Now, this is going to be – this is one of two things, and I saw this on Twitter. This is not 100% my idea, but I definitely thought this. But someone said this. This is going to look – this is going to end up really bad either way. One, um, the simple fact that either the Texans are lying about this and like, they're, you know, trying to get a certain way. I don't know what they're trying to get out of it, but that, that one that that can happen to an athlete like Deshaun Watson, that's just terrible. And it just shows you, you know, big corporations, whatever, or two, a guy like Deshaun Watson that all of us have looked up to, I guess, at some point, or all of us thought very highly of, you know, his time at Clemson and even his time in the NFL can do something like this. Um, so either way, this is going to end up terribly in my opinion, and it's going to look really bad on the Texans organization. Um, what are your thoughts, Josie? Uh, just again, it proves that Dallas is better than Houston. Oh there, just simple, easy. Just walk out like that. Yeah, I, no, I, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's, just, it's, it's, I think the Texans are trying to do whatever they can to try to bring down the value of Deshaun Watson because. Everybody knows that the asking price for Deshaun Watson is too high, and I don't think nobody can can live up to the expectations of what the Texans want for Deshaun Watson in return. Mm-hmm. So I think they're doing what they can to maybe bring down that that value to sort of a realistic place that everybody can maybe afford. Because we saw what Matt Stafford uh, brought for to like what what the uh, Rams had to give up for Matt Stafford, and mm-hmm. he's a good quarterback, but he's not Deshaun Watson, and nobody wants to endure that that massive contract the Texans decided to pay him so I don't know it's it's 
doesn't make sense to to me what they're doing in Houston. Like I understand, like I respect Deshaun for speaking his mind and mm-hmm. wanting to trade, but it's just it's just chaos in Houston, and nobody knows what's going on, and nobody knows who's going to be their starting quarterback on 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 a kickoff on on the week one of the NFL. Well, just to go over real fast, because they didn't sign any, like, ginormous names. I mean, they're running backs are the biggest signings they had. They did sign two – or they got a quarterback in a trade, and they did sign Tyrod Taylor, I guess, in preparation if potentially Deshaun Watson were to leave. Um, they're two big signings so far, in my opinion, of the offseason. They got Mark Ingram and Phillip Lindsay. So they're going really big on running back this year, which I, I like both those running backs. I think they're better than David Johnson. But that's, that's a very old – I guess not old, but a – running back core that um, isn't what it once was, you know, get David Johnson and Mark Ingram, two older guys who are kind of in their, their back, their tail end of their careers. Philip Lindsay, I think can, can really flourish in this offense. I think he's going to be an awesome signing and a very underrated value in fantasy. If you're looking for that um, signed, not good receivers, Andre Robertson or Andre Roberts, Eric Eckerson and uh, Dante Moncrief. And they signed two tight ends, a couple, a couple offensive linemen, and I, I misspoke. It's actually Carl Lawson that signed um, with the Jets, I believe, yep. and, that, and with the Bengals. Shaq Lawson was the trade for uh, Brindrick McKinney. My bad. Uh, misspoke. And then they signed a bunch of linebackers and cornerbacks. I'm not going to go over all these guys because they're just names at this point. You probably don't know who they are. But they, they have signed. They probably are one of the most active teams so far this offseason, both with Deshaun Watson going on and apparently their signings. Um, but I still think they're going to be a four and 12 team without Deshaun Watson. It doesn't matter who they pick up. So that's the Houston Texans. Let's move on. Uh, the Colts who haven't done jack shit and I'm pissed about it, but the three signings they have made, I think are very important signings. Obviously the first one was a Wentz trade. It's not a signing, but they did bring in Wentz. Um, awesome. Love that. He's number two. It'd be really weird to see him at number two, Michael Pittman Jr. I know you guys watch, I know you and Mariela watch him, his YouTube videos did not want to get number 11. They're good. They're good. <laughs> yeah, they're good videos. Um, Recommend. Apparently, he didn't want to give up number eleven. I, I don't, I don't like disrespect his decision. I respect it. You know, I think it's, it's fair. Uh, Wins hasn't done shit in the NFL, so he doesn't deserve to have number eleven. He's not like Tom Brady, you know, with Chris Godwin. The goats coming into the office, you know, you, you know, like, oh, I'm gonna wear number twelve. Like, no, you're giving number number twelve to Tom Brady. Doesn't matter. Um, and then they re-signed Marlon Mack for a dirt cheap contract, which I am in love with. One year, $2 million. Unfortunately, it's because he came off of an Achilles injury. And then they re-signed Xavier Rhodes, who had a stellar year with the Colts. Love all three of those signings. I'm not going to let you say anything and banish or, I guess, bash my good mood if the Colts put me in. You still need a wide receiver. Hey, that's what the draft's for. Now, we I, I did think this list, I thought the Colts were going to have a lot more done. We've done jack shit this offseason. It's pissing me off because we needed to make some moves on the O-line and D-line and all that stuff. But we haven't done anything. Whatever. They hate Don't me. need a wide receiver. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then, we go, then we go to Jacksonville. Um, they signed Carlos Hyde for two years. Big Wait, goal. did he start his career off in Jacksonville? No. No, he started with the 49ers. Okay, yeah. Then he went to Texans. That, mm-hmm. Never mind. Um, they, they signed, uh, Marvin Jones, uh, sad to see him go to Jacksonville. Now he will probably have Trevor Lawrence as his quarterback, which is awesome for him. But Marvin Jones needs to play for like the Colts, you know, <laughs> um, too late for that, man. Too late for that, for, for that train. Yeah, whatever. Um, I just feel like it's going to be a waste. He, 
it just, he's going to do the exact same thing. He's going to be a very undervalued guy in fantasy um, because he just he 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 can go get the ball. He can you know throw it deep to him and he'll go he'll go get it. Um, so he'll be undervalued, I guess, in Jacksonville. They uh, franchise tagged Cam Robinson. Didn't really do. I mean, they brought in Malcolm Brown on the defensive line. Uh, they b- signed a bunch of defensive linemen that I have no idea who they are for depth, probably. Uh, and then they, they did sign two uh, cornerbacks. They re-signed Sidney Jones. I think he's. I think it's Sidney Jones from um, uh, Washington, if I if I can remember correctly. Yes, it is Sidney Jones from Washington a couple of years ago, who was like really big in uh, uh, for the Packers. That's who it is. The pa- he he likes. I guess he got dropped by the Packers, and I find his way to the Jaguars, whatever. They also signed um, the another cornerback. Uh, Shaquille they, Griffin. Yeah, Shaquille Griffin. That's who it is. Yeah, he was, he, he's, he's a huge signing, in my opinion. He's a very, very good cornerback. Um, especially for he was at uh, Seattle, right? Yeah, he was with Seattle. They didn't want to sign him back. Whatever. That was like him and his brother. Like, the brother was the one who had... Uh-huh. Well, the, yeah. the nub. He had the nub. Mm-hmm. Um, but so so he's now he's now with uh, Jacksonville, I guess. Which, whatever, Saxonville. Maybe they come back. Maybe they're good at defense again. Probably not. Um, hopefully they go zero and sixteen. And then the last Man, team, Jacksonville was pretty. They were good like two three years ago. That defense was a one. Yeah, but you know you can't pay everyone, and their offense was terrible. So, um, but yeah. then that that puts us to the last team, Tennessee in the AFC South. They re-signed Anthony Fuchser. Or I don't know if that, that's how you say his last name. The guy who kind of went off as a tight end for them once uh, Adam Humphreys got hurt. Um, that's kind of really all they did on offense. They signed, they re-signed a couple offensive linemen. Um, they did steal away a defensive end for the Colts, who'd been playing really good. Uh, Deco, um, D- Dino Atri. I don't know. He's a Colt, and you know he was a Cody, and you know how to pronounce his name. That's an embarrassment. You know what? I don't sometimes hey. I don't even know I don't even how know how to pronounce their names. I just know their numbers. He's number ninety six. He was number ninety six for the Colts. Um, he's now a Tennessee Titan. I hate that. That always happened back in the day. People from the Colts would always go to Tennessee once their career was over. So hopefully, sorry for this guy. Hopefully your career is not as good anymore because you were doing really good with the Colts the last couple of years. Whatever. Yeah, we'll see. Bud um, Dupree's a big pickup. Yeah, I was gonna say the the biggest pickup for them, Bud Dupree. Your thoughts on that signing for Bud? Hey, he's proven to be uh, one of the better linebackers in the league, so mm-hmm. makes that defense better. Um, like, like I said last week, linebackers are uh, like linebackers are like one of those positions you can plug and play them regardless of scheme and regardless of formation. So um, he got paid, and he deserved to get paid, and now he's at Tennessee and makes that defense better. Um, do I still think Tennessee's a playoff team? I don't think so. They – Still need a uh, what they, they have good receivers if, if AJ Brown stays healthy, uh, but they lost John Smith, who was a solid part of that 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 uh, that offense was as a tight end, and I don't think they picked up anybody to maybe replace his productivity. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I I don't think the Tennessee Titans will be a playoff team. They won't be as good as they were two years ago when they made it to the AFC champ to the AFC championship. But it's just always fun to keep an eye on ten, at Tennessee because again. Tannehill has proven himself to be a better quarterback in Tennessee than he ever was in Miami. Mm-hmm. It's also fun to see Derrick Henry go off for another 2,000 rushing yards. I saw this today. Apparently, he's the first person, I think maybe the first person ever, or maybe like he, 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 I don't know exactly if he's the first person ever or he's part of a list, but he's one of the only players to 
have 2,000 yards in, in high school, 2,000 rushing yards in college, and 2,000 rushing yards in the NFL. Why have you seen him? Dude's massive. He's scary. Like, how, he's, like, I'll be afraid to tackle him. He's been that big since high school, too. It's not like just, I know it's, it's ridiculous. Like, imagine you going against, against him in high school. Yeah, do you remember the the picture of the national championship with him and Mark Mark Ingram? Mark Ingram yeah. had just won a national championship, Heisman Trophy winner. He was a big dude in college too, and they and they showed him next to Derrick Henry at, at the next national championship game, and he was like a midget compared to Henry. Yeah, Derrick Henry is like can play a middle linebacker and probably be dominant as a middle linebacker, so it's insane. Exactly. So, and then they also signed Janoris Jenkins. That's the other kind of big guy. I guess they signed for a multi-year deal. Um, I guess that's a good sign. I mean, Janoris hasn't played that well recently. So that's the AFC South. Moving on to the AFC West. Um, the Broncos, they franchise first they franchise had Justin Simmons, but then I told you Simmons is going to get a big deal. Um, and he then went ahead and signed a four-year deal, stays with the Broncos for the next four years. They get a huge signing in Kyle Fuller. Kyle Fuller had his best years when he was with Vic Fangio um, in Chicago when Chicago's defense was really good a couple years ago. The Bears released him for whatever reason because I think they were trying to trade him to someone. They couldn't find a trading, so they released him. Fuller makes his way to Denver. They also signed Ronald Darby. Hey, their secondary is really good. If they can get the offense together, this could be a very scary team. They need need a quarterback. That's what they they need. (laughs) They They do have, like, the worst, if not the worst, like top three worst quarterbacks in the NFL, at least starting quarterbacks. So maybe they'll be looking to draft a guy in um, the draft. This is this is a good draft to do it because they've got some deep deep quarterbacks. Um, now looking at Kansas City, I mean, and that old line is going to be scary next year. Well, they they did release both Schwartz and Eric Fisher, but but now we see why they did it. We were all can like Schwartz, one of the the best right tackle in the NFL right now. Why'd you release him? Fisher, okay, and Fisher is understandable. He's not very good, but now we're seeing why they did for the money purposes. Joe Thune, probably the best guard available in this free agency, makes his way to Kansas City. And Kyle Long, who I think had just retired, he'd been retired for like a year or two. He comes back and re and signs with the Chiefs, and I think he's healthy and I think he's 100% now. They're scarier than they were a year ago, and that's that's tough to say. Yeah, it's gonna be, and then also with. See, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hiller being healthy, too, so it's going to be scary. And their their defense sort of remained the same, and I think last, like what we're talking about throughout the season, their defense is crap throughout the year, but when playoffs comes around, they sort of become dominant. And mm-hmm. um, it'll be interesting to see what they do. And, again, they're either a Super Bowl or bust next year again as well. Hey, they, they signed uh, – they stole two Cowboys away from you, Taco Charlton. And then the I know Gage will be sad about this because he can't see the bell dozer on Sundays for the Cowboys, where they signed Blake Bell as well. Um, yeah, Taco, Taco, Taco was a, a waste of a first round draft pick. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean that 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 answers that question, I guess. Um, but yeah, so yeah, the Chiefs didn't really do much, but the signs they did do are going to affect them, and I think Thuney is going to really help them. And they get back players too. Damian Williams sat out a year ago. They're running back now as CHE and and Damian Williams. I don't think Bell will be there next year. I don't know. I don't even know if he'll be on a team next year, honestly. Yeah, um, agreed. But then let's go to the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, a lot of big signings uh, on this team this this offseason. Offensively, three names uh, I want to talk about. Richie Incognito. I thought he retired, but apparently he signed a one-year deal back with them. Um, he's just – he's just – one, he's a bully. I mean, we have saw in the past what he did in Miami. 
but he is also a very good offensive lineman, so it makes sense. They bring in John Brown to replace Nelson Aguilar on a cheaper deal, um, and I think he's going to have a fantastic season with the Raiders. And then the kind of the surprising one, and you were just talking about this, and I'll let you kind of take the lead on it. Kenyon Drake signs with the Raiders. What is What are your thoughts on that one? It's like maybe the it doesn't make sense to me because like Josh Jacobs is there and he's he's the number one guy, and Kenyon was sort of number one guy until he got injured at Arizona. Uh, maybe just like you said, an insurance for Josh Jacobs because Josh Jacobs can have those really good games, but then he can be unproductive at times. So mm-hmm. it's interesting to see what the Raiders do uh, with Kenyon Drake. Maybe they sort of see a sort of a hybrid uh, scenario like like the um, Browns do with Cream Hunt and, and Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. And I think I think Kenyon Drake is, is a good way to do it. I think uh, Josh Jacobs is, is your guy that can probably be uh, like. In, in the in a trenches sort of runner mm-hmm. and Kenyon can sort of be like your big play sort of running back so maybe they're trying to emulate what the what Cleveland had and maybe what uh the Saints had back with AK and uh Mark Ingram mm-hmm. I mean I'm sure we've all at some point at least played blackjack and gotten the question do you want insurance whenever the dealer is showing I believe it's an ace if I can remember correctly yeah it's nice and I think, I think that's what the, the Raiders are doing here, just getting insurance on Josh Jacobs. I mean, they also signed another running back, Theo Riddick, as well. Uh, he's more of a pass-catching running back out of the backfield. But um, I think Kenyon Drake's just a different speed for for Josh Jacobs in that offense, which uh, it's not a bad signing, um, but it's just kind of a head-scratcher. You're kind of like, mm. I yeah, think you should put – f- Fantasy owners are like, man, just put all your damn eggs in Josh Jacobs' basket because when he produces, he's great. And you, you saw that last year in a couple games. Uh, with, when he was on your fantasy team, but I don't yeah, think but the, the the Raiders still don't have a good receiver. That's the, the that doesn't make yeah. sense to me. Like, well, they have again probably one of the top tight ends in the game and Darren Waller, but and, and he can have massive games like we saw last year. But when you have everybody on Darren Waller, you still need a receiver to sort of keep an eye out uh, exactly. to, to to keep like every, everybody away from Darren Waller. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, John Brown's like I said, he's gonna do very good this year, but um, we'll see. Uh, defensively, they signed Yakin Nagakwe. I think is how you say his name. I know, I know, I know. To say his last name is Nagakwe. Um, he's yeah. a very good pass rusher, but he is terrible against the run. So he's only good whenever the other team is going to be passing. Um, and then the big signing of the free agent period, Solomon Thomas, a Cobb native. He signs to the Raiders for five million dollars. Go Solomon! Hey, Congratulations. He's from Capel. He's from Capel. That's all that matters. Yeah, congratulations to him. He goes and plays with probably one of the best head coaches in the not even the NFL now, just ever. And John Gruden, um, you know, saw him. If you're seeing this, come on the podcast. That's all I gotta say. Um, tell tell us what tell us what the difference is like for the 49ers. Um, hey, and with this team, he you know he potentially has a chance to probably find his way on the field a little bit more. They're not as deep at the D line like the 49ers are. So yep. hey, watch out. Uh, and then the final team in the AFC. Um, the Chargers, again, didn't do a ton, but uh, Corey Lindsley, uh, the center for the Packers a year ago, he finds his way five years, 600, or yes, no, $62.5 million for a center. The centers are important. Yeah. Um, and then coming, it, it'll be interesting to see what kind of experience and knowledge transfer he'll bring from Green Bay over to uh, Herbert. Mm-hmm. Everybody's putting their eggs in Herbert to be this next big guy. Mm-hmm. He has a stature, and he had the good year last year to prove it. And mm-hmm. I think they, they signed Jared Cook will be sort of a not 
the same level as a Hunter Henry, but he'd be a good tight end to sort of slide in there and not um, lose that productivity. But it's going to be interesting to see what they do next year. I, I expect them to have more signings on, on, on the defensive side of the ball mm-hmm. uh, because that's where they sort of lost a lot of their games. Um, but again, the Chargers are, are hot. Herbert's is, is hot commodity right now. And if he pans out to be like, if he con- continues to have the success he did his rookie year, he's going to be a pretty good uh, quarterback through like in, in the years to come. Exactly. I, 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 I couldn't say it better. Um, I think, I think, Lindsley, um, and we'll talk about it with, with the Packers here in a little bit, um, but Lindsley uh, is a huge signing, and it just proves to, I think, everyone that the, the Chargers found their quarterback, and now they're going to do everything they can to help him succeed as much as possible. And I'd be worried some of this team, if they do, they make some noise, uh, you know, the second half of free agency, as well as the draft, especially on the defense side of the ball. And if they can stay healthy, a.k.a. if Derwin James can actually stay healthy for a full season like he did his rookie year, this Chargers team could potentially make the playoffs. And, I, and, and the AFC West is, is getting very, very tough. Yeah, agreed. Even for the – even including the Chiefs, all four teams are, are very good. Um, but we're going to take a quick ad timeout here from our sponsor, um, Anchor.fm, as well as Thrive Fantasy. When we come back, we're going to hit the NFC side of the of – the, uh, I guess of the, of the divisions, of the conferences, and then we'll be – we'll wrap it up. We'll see you guys after the break. Okay, so for y'all at home that know Drew, Stone, and I, you know that we're big fantasy football guys. We're also big fantasy sports guys. We've gotten out in the soccer, and we're going to be doing fantasy hockey. Drew's doing fantasy basketball this year. Drew, this is exciting because now I get to tell you to come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. And here's the best thing about it, Drew, because like when you're doing football, and we know football, but you have to go do a lot of research about it to go look at the matchups, look at the numbers, like, is Big Ben going to do it this week? Is he going to throw this much? You don't have to do that anymore with Thrive Fantasy. So they've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top-tier athletes in a respective sport, like you and me back in the day when we played Division Three football. So, Drew, what are some examples of how they do this? Yeah, so for so they do it differently. So NFL, you get uh, 20 different player props that you can bet on. Uh, and you only have to choose 10 of them. So like tonight, uh, for example, we've got the Bengals and the Steelers playing. They give you 20 people, 20 uh, prop bets. You only pick 10 of them. You pick the over under on them. So that's smart. all you got to do. That's all you have to do. And then for NF or for the NBA, MLB, PGA, and eSports, which I know you're not a huge fan of eSports, <laughs> but we've got, uh, you only have to choose five of 10. So they only have five out. Uh, and then you only have to choose five of them. Uh, each each prop bet has a fantasy point total ac- accumulated to it for the over under. So if you think Big Ben, for example, is going to throw for 260 yards, uh, you might bet the over. If you think he's going to throw over, you might bet the under. Uh, each value it is different, uh, and then the next per- the next one might be different. So Big Ben might have 105 points for the over and, and 95 for the under, but it might be flipped on the other one. So each point is different, um, and then the most points at the end of the of the week gets a. Uh, a share of the pool prize money. Yeah, but I like this part though, Drew. It's the more points of selection is worth, the riskier it is. And you know, fantasy sports is all about risk, and we like that. Yes, sir. We like that. Yes, sir. Uh, and then they also do PGA as well, a uh, new contest each and every day for the tournaments uh, for Thursday only and Friday only. So you don't have to sweat your golfers ruining your weekend if they do not make the cut. 
Yeah, and I know a lot of people who have that problem. So you're probably sitting in your homes thinking like Thrive Fantasy. I've never heard of Thrive Fantasy. Well, that's your fault because they've awarded over $2 million in prizes since launching in 2018. It has $75,000 guaranteed in prizes weekly. $75,000. Imagine what you could do with $75,000. So use promo code SPLITTINUPS today. Drew, we have our own promo code, SPLITTINUPS. Use promo code SPLITTINUPS when you sign up today, and you will receive an instant match bonus up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. So download Thought Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. That's www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up today and hashtag prop up today. And we are back. Uh, like I mentioned before, we're going over the NFC. And of course, we got to start in the NFC East. And not only are we starting the NFC East, we're starting with a team that I despise the most in the NFL and Josie's favorite football team, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, just a quick, quick, peop- quick few uh, hitters. I'm going to let Josie talk mostly of this, this little segment here. Um, but obviously, they re signed uh, or they signed Dak Prescott. Um, and then Jor- Jordan Lewis. Uh, he comes back. Keanu Neal is a big one. Terrell Basham. Um, those are the only ones I can name of note. Um, not a great offseason, but I, I don't know. I'll let Josie kind of give you the, the deets on that. We we finally made the commitment to Dak Prescott, like we talked about last week, which is very important. Uh, still sort of upset that we haven't signed anybody on the offensive, t- offensive line. Again, our offensive line is deteriorating. It's not the best as it was a couple years ago. Maybe in a draft, we'll sort of go back to what we did and, and spend those first rounders on, on the offensive line. Now, I sort of hope that we would have spent like big money like the Chargers did for, or, or like even the uh, the Chiefs did on on, on the offensive line because we we should have done that. Um, still not tight end. Like Jarwin is good. Like he's a solid tight end. But again, Juano Smith was a free agent. Could have picked him up. Hunter Henry was a free agent. Could have picked him up. Uh, still, I'm not happy overall. But again, it's going to be another eight eight season for the Cowboys, and we're going to sort of keep relying on these eight these eight and eight seasons until we do something dramatic in off season, or we these people we pick up in the draft end up being phenomenal. Well, now I I don't know if this is true or not, but I've been seeing a lot of people saying the Cowboys are going to go eight and nine or nine and eight this year because I think this is the year that they switch to where we have more regular season games, like seventeen regular season games. I could be wrong. I don't know off the top of my head. Um, but that'd be pretty funny if they went like nine and eight or something like that. The, the the consensus is the year starts off for the Cowboys. We're going to Super Bowl. We start off really good or start off really bad, and then we end up being an eight and eight team. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the same old same old. I've I've sort of relied on that. I, I sort of relied on that being the norm, and it's not going to change until, like I said last week, until Jerry Jones decides to not be the GM. And once that. He, once he leaves that, once he gives up those duties, I think the Cowboys will have success again. Well, I will say this: Keanu Neal is a very underrated signing. If he can play like he did his first couple week or couple years um, with the Falcons, uh, he can be very good. Also, no slander on here. They signed a long snapper. Shout out to long snappers. There's there are people too. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, but it, it is unfortunate because some of the NFC Easts are having good free agency periods including the New York Giants. Um, they Basically, they really just signed Kenny Galladay. Uh, that's kind of the big one. That's really the only one of note. They did sign John Ross, you know, the, the, the record holder for the 40 time, but he has done jack shit in his career so far. Kyle Rudolph as well, they bring him in. 
Um, just a, just a red zone target. I mean, this offense looks very scary on paper. If Daniel Jones can produce like he has in the past, if Saquon can stay healthy, they have the receivers now with Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton. I don't know if they still have Golden Tate or not, but if they have Golden Tate, he's scary. John Ross, Evan Ingram, as well as Kyle Rudolph now. Yeah, and their and their offensive line's gotten better too. That, that was the biggest worry is that when Saquon got drafted to the, the the Giants is that he had an offensive line to run to run behind, mm-hmm. but now he does. So I don't know if Daniel Jones can have the year he did like his rookie year, mm-hmm. and everybody on mainly if Saquon can stay healthy, he could be the beast that we saw him be at Penn State his first couple of years in the NFL. The Giants are a sleeper in the in the AFC in the AFC. So we'll see NFC East. Um, yeah, my bad. NFCs, my bad. But yeah, I mean, they they were thought of at one point last year to be the favorite to win it. You know, when everyone was even, because they just they were they have they have talent. They are a talented team. They just they're not very good. I guess that if that's if that makes sense. They have talent. They're not a good overall team. If that makes sense. Um, but that's the Giants. You know, Kenny Galladay is a big one. Unfortunately, he didn't go to a good team. He went to another team that, you know, he's not going to be. He's just going to be a good fantasy receiver at this point. Not going to win. That's all that matters. He got paid. Yep. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles have done nothing of note. Uh, I'm not going to waste our time or your time on there. The only, I guess the only name really is Anthony Harris. So Jalen Hurts. That's the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Jalen Hurts. Yep. And Jalen Hurts is their like official, official starting quarterback. Actually, I don't know. They might want to draft one of them. I've heard, I've heard rumors of that, but you know, we'll, we'll, hear, we'll talk about that closer to draft. Uh, the Washington football team has made a couple signings. Obviously, we talked about, you know, the re, the franchise tag of Brandon Sheriff. That's a huge deal. Um, and then really the huge one is they bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, I mean, makes sense. I think he can – if um, if Tyler, Tyler Henneke doesn't do well and, and anyone else that Ron Rivera wants to put in, Fitzpatrick has shown that he can just go win anywhere on any offense. So That's Fitzmagic for you right there. Yep. And then the, the big one, and I don't really think it's that big of a deal – um, but I think it, it's a tie to his, his Carolina days. Curtis Samuel, um, just kind of a do-it-all receiver. I think he just adds a value, especially since teams know that they're going to Terry McLaurin. Curtis Samuel can help with that a little bit. He is a speedster. Uh, he can yep. kind of take anything to the house at any point, honestly. So a, a big signing for them on offense. And then the, the, the biggest signing they had, I guess, William Jackson the third. Uh, signed a three-year, $40 million contract. Um, and Dustin Hopkins, bro. One of my f- idols of kickers growing up, man. The dude has a, gl- dude has a cannon on his right foot. There you go. I mean, he he's always a good fancy guy as long as the football team can score. I almost, I almost said the R word, but uh didn't. Um, so that's that's the NFC East. Uh, not a whole lot of news there, uh, but let's go to the NFC North. And we kind of hint at, hinted at this earlier. Um and, I, and I've been seeing memes on this. I don't know if you've seen this on Twitter, Josie. So, they, you know, like the um, – oh, what's the game called? Wheel of Fortune, right? So, Wheel of Fortune, they yep. do the whole, you know, names and stuff like that, you know. And um, they had signed – they had done one that was like four letters for the first name and then like um, – what is it? Uh, six letters for the last name. And they put L-O-N on the last name. And everyone's like, oh, my gosh, we signed Russell Wilson – or Russ Wilson. Who did they get at their quarterback position? Andy Dalton. It's better than Trubisky. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like just Andy Dalton when he was in Cincy and back in his TCU days was good. And mm-hmm. um, it'll be interesting to see what they do, what he does with Chicago. I still don't think Chicago is a good team. 
they still need a quarterback. Maybe Chicago has some things up their sleeve where they end up trading for for Russell before end of the, before the start of the year. Mm-hmm. Crazier things have happened. Um, it'll be interesting. I just it's it's they they'll they'll be a good team no matter what because their defense their defense has always been phenomenal. But they're I've always been subpar because due to their offense and mainly because of their quarterback. Andy Dalton is better than Trubisky, but does that like make them to be a playoff contending team? Maybe a wild card position. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, they'll still lose in the first round, and everybody will be upset about that. Yeah, I mean, it, it is surprising. I don't know who their quarterback is right now. I mean, obviously, the names of, uh, of that are on the roster, I believe, are Nick Folk or Nick Foles. Foles, oh, Nick Folk, the kicker for the Patriots. Um, and Andy Dalton right now, and I, I don't think they want to go into the season with those two guys as quarterbacks, so maybe they draft. Um, but, I mean, if you do draft a quarterback, Foles and Dalton aren't bad quarterbacks to have to mentor, you know, a young guy, even especially if he's starting because I believe – I don't think Foles started as a rookie, um, but I know Dalton did. So, two good guys to have, I guess, is, is kind of a hoping that guy kind of go to the next step. Um, the big news is they re-signed or they franchise tagged Allen Robinson, which is not what Robinson wanted. He was upset by that, but he did sign the franchise tag officially, and he's back with the Bears. So whoever they get a quarterback, at least you're getting uh, Robinson as your wide receiver one. Um, hey, Jermaine Effetti, Aggie, got signed to Chicago Bears. There you go. Well, I didn't know he was an Aggie, so that's why. Yeah, he. the only reason why I know he's, he's an Aggie because – AM had like a six year uh streak where, where every year they have one first rounder pick. Mm. And he was the last one of the six year to get picked by like Seattle to Seattle by like number 31 or 32. There you go. Well then they do sign Mario Edwards Jr., who I know was a big name coming out of college from Florida State. Hasn't done anything in the NFL, but they signed him. They do sign Desmond Trufont, which is a under like undervalued deal, in my opinion, only one year contract. But he was he was really good with the Falcons and that they signed not one. Not two, but three specialists. Um, that's what we love to see. Carlos Santo, uh, Carlos Santos, Pat O'Donnell, and Patrick Scales hit all three, baby. Yeah, uh, Chicago finally made the commitment to signing a kicker for anything bigger than the minimum deal, and they realized what because they learned their lesson. Because if they don't, mm-hmm. exactly. So there they go. Um, that that does it for the Bears. Though now onto the Lions. Obviously, they got Jared Goff in that trade for Matt Stafford, and they got the first-round pick, so we'll see how that turns out this year. Um, a, a huge signing, in my opinion, Jamal Williams. I wish he would have ended up on a playoff team or a team that would have used him a little bit better because that run, that backfield in Detroit is weird. Carry on Johnson. Um, DeAndre got, Swift. DeAndre Swift, yep. And now you have Jamal Williams. Like That's, a, that's an ugly backfield, especially for fantasy owners. Terrible, terrible backfield. Um, and I guess I lied because they signed Brashad Perriman, so he's not on the Jets anymore. He's now with the Lions. Um, Terrell Williams is another guy who I wish – he had a really good career with the Chargers for a while with yep. Phillip, and he left and has not been the same. Um, Michael Brockers, they got in, in the trade as well, apparently. He's now with the Lions, and they signed a long snapper. Hey, the long snapper? Again, another Aggie. 18th oh, year in the in the, uh, in the league, the longest uh, like Aggie to ever play in the NFL. 18 years. There you go. The well, more you know. Hey, yeah, I guess the more you know. Aggie okay. trivia. I know everything. <laughs> there you go. If we need, if you have any Aggie questions, I guess just go to Josie. He'll answer all of them. Um, but that's the Detroit Lions offseason. Our fantasy period. They haven't really done much. Now to the Green Bay Packers, 
who have only signed one person and it's Aaron Jones. Again, surprises happen. And this is a crazy thing I saw. Apparently um, they signed Aaron Jones for the same amount of money like per year as Corey Lindsley got signed with, with the chargers. And in my opinion, I think a lot of people's other, a lot of people's opinions, um, Lindsley is more valuable than Aaron Jones. Yeah, I agree. Like I really thought Aaron Jones was going to leave, um, mm-hmm. because they had AJ Dillon in the backfield and they could have signed Jamal Williams again to that one year, $7 million deal. Uh, but I guess green Bay sort of, believe in Aaron Jones and it was very uncharacteristic of Green Bay to spend that much money on a running back because Mm -hmm. again they've always been sort of relying on people coming in from the draft using them for their rookie minimums for four years and picking up the next guy in the draft and then going from there Um, but I but Aaron Jones has sort of uh, proven to everybody that he's a good running back like you think a couple years ago he was he led the NFL in in rushing touchdowns Mm -hmm. and I think he keeps that Green Bay offense really good. It keeps them to be that NFC uh, championship contending team that they are. Mm-hmm. But it's just going to – still in characteristic of Green Bay, of Green Bay it's going to be interesting to see what they do in either the, rem- the remainder of free agency or, or in the draft because they're going to have to replace uh, this, their center because he was a crucial part of that offensive line. So we'll see what it, what, it, what ends up happening with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't dislike the, the the signing, but I think they could have gone gotten more of of it with other places. And I think Aaron Jones, as great as he is, my philosophy: you don't pay running backs big money; you just draft them. You, you know, you get four four years. Like Jonathan Taylor, if he breaks out and has an amazing career with the Colts, honestly, after his fifth year or his fourth year, if he didn't have a fifth year option, hey, tell that to Jerry. Jones. <laughs> well, he doesn't listen to our podcast. So um, now we move on to the Vikings because that's all the Packers have done so far. Unfortunately for Aaron Rodgers, you know, hopefully I wish they would have gotten some more help on the receiver position or maybe signed Tunyon back. Um, but I have Corvette, 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 Corvette. Yeah. Um, Perfect spot for him. Hey, it was, get, but get. he's now back in Pittsburgh. So unfortunate for him. He could have had the hey, best he, quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He never really. He, he, he if he would listen to the podcast, he would listen to our advice. He probably would be in Green Bay right now. I, I should have made a TikTok. Maybe he would. Maybe he would have seen. Um, he would. He would have duet you, and then he probably would have like duet you signed to Green Bay or something. <laughs> there you go. Um, the Vikings haven't done a whole lot. They signed Dalvin Thompson, um, who's a big defensive tackle, and then the big the big thing they did was sign Patrick Peterson. Um, kind of surprised to see him leave Arizona and go on to Minnesota, um, but. He's kind of his career is kind of on the tail end anyway, but he did get he did get ten million dollars for one year in Minnesota. So shout out to him for getting that hey, payday. Minnesota Minnesota is known for overpaying people. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Her cousins, hundred percent. So, but that that's the NFC North. Not a whole bunch uh, out of the NFC North, but hey, there's that I guess. Um, the NFC South now starting off with the Falcons. Um, I mean, we went from not doing much in the NFC North to continuing to not do much. Um, they get Lee Smith in a, in a trade, Brandon Copeland in a, a linebacker, and Eric Harris. That's their, that's their free agency yeah. so far. Hey, the, the, the NFC is just – they're the best division, the best conference in the NFL, so they, have to, they don't have to do much or anything at all to keep that title. Or, or the flipping, maybe they just didn't have a lot of money to spend. That too. So. Yeah, that too. Yeah, the Cowboys. Um, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, Carolina they signed David Moore to wait David Moore away from Seattle, which I think is kind of a big deal. 
in in a sense because David Moore, although he did not score a bunch, catch a lot of balls, he did. Um, he was always there, kind of for those big catches. Made a lot of good blocks for him. But now he's in uh, Carolina. Now they have two Moors, DJ Moore and David Moore. Now in Carolina, um, they franchise tag a tackle. They signed Cam Irving. They signed Dan Arnold on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, Morgan Fox, Denzel Perryman. Um, Hassan Riddick is kind of a decent signing because when he was getting coming out of the draft from Temple, he was kind of a bigger-name guy. Um, and didn't really do much in Arizona um, at the linebacker position. So if, if CMC stays healthy, they have a shot. Oh, uh, yeah. But Teddy Bridgewater is still not. A good quarterback, in my opinion. They, they have a shot at the playoffs. They're not much more than that, in my opinion. But, but being in the in the NFC South, it's going to be hard with the, the Saints and also Tampa Bay in that I mean, same division. Uh, will the Saints be good this year, though? Honestly, though. I mean, it's going to we'll, be a tough we'll, one. Good yeah, I, can, I guess we'll see because they, they only signed with James Winston, Ty Montgomery, and that's basically it. Everybody else, and they, they franchise tag Marcus Williams because mm-hmm. he deserves it. But other than that, they still don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Like, is it Jameis? Is it is it Taysom Hill? Is it somebody from the draft? I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, that that was the next team anyway, because uh, we were done with the with the Panthers. He pretty much named off everyone um, that the Saints have kind of of note. The Saints brought back. Um, so yeah, I mean, I the the NFC South is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to lose, um, and then from there on, honestly, the, those three teams are in my opinion, are one, two, or, you know, are all even. The the Falcons, especially since they kept Ryan and Julio Jones, I thought they should have got, gotten rid of those guys and tried to rebuild because right now is that time to do that. Um, but they're not going to. Panthers, if healthy, I think are actually better than the Saints and the Falcons. Um, but that's Paper, it. Yeah, the thing is, I, I think Matt, Matt Rule still in the second year. I think mm-hmm. maybe another year after this, he'll probably get everything, get how he wants to, but yeah. I just I, I I I don't have any faith in, in Teddy in, in Teddy Bridgewater, but mm-hmm. I will have more faith in Teddy Bridgewater over Taysom Hill. Hundred percent over any quarterback that the Saints have. Even, oh yeah, for including sure. Including Jameis too. Um, yeah. So, um, but then that that puts us to the last team. We've already talked a lot about these guys. Um, Chris Godwin got the franchise tag for the Bucks. Rob Gronkowski, of course, comes back. Um, Shaq Barrett signs a four-year deal coming back. Uh, Leonte David signs a two-year deal coming back. Uh, I think a lot of them, they wanted to bring back a lot of their guys from the Super Bowl roster, obviously, to run it again um, because they just won the Super Bowl. Makes sense, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. It, again, it sort of solidifies that Tampa Bay is not here to mess around, and they're mm-hmm. here to sort of go for number eight for, for, for the GOAT. Mm-hmm. And they basically lost nobody. They just sort of kept everybody that they have last year. And and the, only, the, the biggest question was Shaquille, uh, was, uh, was Barrett. Mm-hmm. And the Bucks figured out a way to give him the contract he deserves because we all, you and I, said last week that does he want does he want to win this does he want to win another ring or does he want to get paid and he was able to get both with Tampa Bay so it's gonna that that that's gonna be a really good another another good year for Tampa. Yeah, um, and I think this team has a chance, especially in the NFC. Uh, to, to 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 run it back, you know, I think it'll be a, a Chiefs Bucks uh, Super Bowl 2.0, and I think yep. they'll have another run at it. I, I think I would, I think that bring the most interesting storyline anyway in the NFL. I think that's what they kind of want. Yeah, it also depends if Tom Brady stays healthy, but he he always mm-hmm. figures out a way to be healthy. 
Exactly. So that's kind of what they did this offseason. Um, that's the NFC South. Again, not a lot done. Like Josie said, the NFC didn't really do much. Um, that takes us to the NFC West, where we start off in Arizona. The big signing uh, for the Arizona Cardinals, obviously, J.J. Watt, of course. Uh, but we've talked extensively about that. Um, but they did bring in A.J. Green, which I don't know if he actually helps them on offense. And I, I think it'd be interesting because like everybody knows D hop is the number one guy. They have Christian Kirk, who's probably a good number two. Then AJ green is this weird guy in between like number two, and number three. Well, but then, but then you, but then you have Larry too. And like, I, oh, mean, I forgot about Larry. I forgot yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like AJ green is just a better version of Larry Fitzgerald in my, in my opinion. He's just, well, he's I, just think, I think, I think, I think Larry is just playing just to, keep himself busy like what else yes what else what else does he want to go do i don't know i and then being in that offense with cleef with, with, with kingsbury and kyler still doesn't make sense to me why would you go to, to the nfc I, I don't know it'll be interesting to see what they do um they have no running back unless they want to unless they believe in, in enzo ben, what enzo benjamin whatever his name is the, the rookie that they got last year well they have uh, chase edmonds is who i think they're oh yeah chase edmonds yeah, Chase Edmonds is good too. That was like second year. He did really good last year. So, and I the NFC West is again not one of the toughest divisions in the NFL. But I don't think the Cardinals did much to to put them up on top of that 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 division. Yeah, and then actually the the huge the really the biggest one is is the trade for Rodney Hudson. I honestly forgot about this when we were talking about the Raiders. Um, that this this will be huge for the Cardinals because one it solidifies their line like. Ex- crazy amount just because he's probably the best center if not one of the best centers in the nfl right now um and that'll just be their their offense will, will definitely make a jump next year but the aj green sign aj green signing is kind of a, a head scratcher for me they do sign two um two specialists um with uh andy lee and matt prater matt prater has probably the biggest leg in the nfl <laughs> no 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 uh harrison butner uh, oh okay. yeah, Harrison. But but Matt Prater does play in the domes, which helps him out more than than uh than yeah. Butler. Matt Prater does have the longest what kick in NFL yeah. history, but he did it in uh, Denver, so you have to give him take some yards away from that as well. Sure. Um, then we go to Los Angeles to the Rams. Um, they've only done two things. The first one, of course, trading for Matt Stafford, which I think will make them way better uh, than yep. Jared Goff, and then they re-signed uh, Leonard Ford, who had a who was supposed to be really good for the Bears a while back, kind of underwhelmed, made his way to Los Angeles and had a career year last year, and that's why he gets this big contract of a four-year, $64 million deal. That's the Rams. Not not a whole lot to them. I think they'll be better, though, next year. Probably end up winning the uh, NFC West, in my opinion. I think they're the favorites right now. I think it's between them and the 49ers. Um, On paper, yeah, they're, they're better. It's just, again um, – Who's there? I forget his head coach. Whatever the, his name is, um, Kyle the Rams. Yeah, he's. Oh no, no, no the, the Rams, Rams is Sean McVay. Sean McVay. Yeah, Sean McVay just makes the team just better. Like he's able just to go in and create these whimsical plays to lead that team to be better. And, and Matt Stafford makes them overall a better team compared to Jared Goff. And again, again, that defense that the Rams has is just top defense in the league. And Aaron Donald is just will continue to dominate offensive lines and be able to be a disruption every week over week. Exactly. Um, but now talking about the 49ers, they've made they've made some noise this offseason, uh, re-signing Kyle Juszczyk, the best fullback in the NFL. 
Um, they signed Trilliams to a ginormous contract, six years, Jesus. $138 million, around $32 million in the first year. Um, fast contract. Him, man. Yeah, he, he is, he's – I, I hate to say this again, but he's probably the best offensive tackle in the free agency class, but maybe even in the NFL um, for the left for the left tackle at least. Um, yeah, he's a future Hall of Famer for sure, and he, yep. that contract sort of solidifies that because he got – paid yep and then they add um uh, another future hall of famer probably an alex mack at the center position which is big um then they signed uh samson ibuku bukium he's from the he played with the rams i don't want to say his name i'm sorry if i butchered it um but that's just you know you're used to it by now at this point um they signed him to a two-year deal he's kind of a pass rushing guy and then they signed in, they signed two quarterbacks emmanuel mosley as well as jason verrett i think they were both on the team last year um, just keeping the, that that you know cornerbacks together, I think is huge for them. Yeah, and then if uh, Jimmy G stays healthy, San Fran has a good chance. But I still don't think Jimmy G's uh, uh, that good of a quarterback, in my opinion. He just got um, over overhyped and overvalued. I'm honestly surprised that they didn't they they didn't go get Matt Ryan or not. I, I want them to go get another quarterback. Jimmy G, no offense to him, he is not a starting quarterback in the NFL, and he shouldn't be anymore. Um, so at least, and if he was, honestly, he should go back to New England. He should have made a trade to New England, in my yeah. opinion. He was he was expected to be Tom Brady 2.0, but mm-hmm. uh, they want to get rid of him. And he had that good year to limp to limp to Super Bowl, but after after that, he hasn't. He's never been a franchise quarterback, in my opinion. He should have been in a number two. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but that that's the 49ers offseason or free agency season so far. Um, then we then we go to the last team, the Seahawks. Um, couple, couple, I think decent deals for them, at least for the chance for Russell to stay. Obviously, bringing back Chris Carson is ginormous because he's their number one running back. Without him, I don't know who the running back is. I know Carlos Hyde was there last year, but I don't think he's um, – he signed with the Jaguars, so he won't even be there. Um, Gerald Everett is huge because yeah, – Good tight end. Yeah, I mean, he's just an athletic tight end uh, mismatch uh, when it comes – again, as long as the Cowboys aren't signing tight ends, I'm happy, right? Um, and then they we also need signed, we need a tight end. <laughs> then they they get Gabe Jackson, a, a guard from the Raiders. They get they re-sign Ethan Pollock. Um, they they re-sign a Puna Ford at the nose tackle position, and then they sign a cornerback. So that's the Seahawks. Not not huge signings, but again, good signings for them to be where they were last year, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it's still, a, it still makes them to be maybe a number two team in the, yeah. that division. It just all depends on on what Russell Wilson ends up doing. Does he end up staying? Does it end up moving? Yeah, that's always going to be the big question until uh, the first week of this of the season. Exactly, hundred um, percent. But that that's going to do it for us, uh, at least when it comes to players who have signed. There's still a ginormous list of players who are available, and the likes of Richard Sherman, T.Y. Hilton, many others out there who are still available, who probably will be signing in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and again, whenever they do sign, we will keep you up to date on that on our next episode. That's going to do it for us here this week. If you guys enjoy this episode and want to listen to more of our episodes, we drop episodes every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, and now YouTube as well. If you'd like to actually watch us talk, you guys can check us out on YouTube at Sideline Sports. Uh, and then if you want to check out those us on Apple or Spotify, go to um, those sites and then looks up at Splitting Uprights. Once you're there... 
go ahead and hit that follow or subscribe button. It is 100% free for you guys to do. All it does is help us out in the long run. So if you guys don't mind, please doing that. That'd be greatly appreciated um, from us. And we would love uh, if you guys did that for us as well. And then we also post daily content as well. So if you guys want to look us up on Twitter as well, uh, if you want to look us up on Twitter, you look us up at Splitting Ups. You'll find us there. Uh, we post stuff like our daily fantasy recaps. Uh, well, not daily, but our weekly recaps. And we post some poll questions as well as other things on our Twitter. And if you want to look us up on Instagram or TikTok, look us up at Sideline Sports as well. We do some different things on those platforms. But they, you will see a lot of similar content for the Splitting Uprights, but you also see some other content that we have from our other podcasts that are affiliated with Sideline Sports. So that's going to do it for us here today. Thank you guys so much for listening. We hope to see you guys next week. In the morning and I ask myself It's like worth living, should I blast myself? I'm tired of being poor and even worse, I'm black My stomach hurts, so I'm looking for a purse to snatch Cops give a damn about a Negro Pull a trigger, kill him, he's a hero Get it to the kids who the hell cares One less hungry mouth on the welfare First ship him, don't let him deal with brothers Give him guns, step back, watch him kill each other It's time to fight back, that's what Huey said Two shots in the dark, now Huey's dead I got love for my brothers, but we can never go nowhere Unless we share with each other we gotta start making changes Learn to see me as a brother instead of two distant strangers And that's how I was supposed to be How can the devil take a brother if he's close to me? Uh. I let it go back to when we played as kids But then it changed That's the way it is Come on, come on That's just the way it is Things will never be the same That's just the way it is Oh yeah